Hey there, and welcome to Lively Conversations, brought to you by Table 112. Whether you're at the table, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope to inspire meaningful talks about life between parents and teens. I am your host, Dana Williams, and I am so, so, so excited to introduce you to my fun friend, Ashley Bohens. Now, if you have a middle schooler, you're going to want to stay on this podcast and hear it all the way through to the end, because... That middle school face is something else. And Ashley unpacks so much wisdom for us about that. Now I want to tell you a little bit about who Ashley is. Ashley is the director of middle school strategy at Orange, which she'll tell you about. But she didn't tell you that she's the USA executive director of Carry 117, which serves uh, women in Ethiopia by giving them economic empowerment. So they have work, meaningful work to do. They're making gorgeous leather products. It's bags and jewelry and, and all kinds of really beautiful things. So check them out at carry117.com and they create a marketplace both there in Ethiopia and here in the US. Ashley is super passionate about serving and mentoring students and empowering leaders around the world to do the same. She is definitely known for her energy, passion, and authenticity, which you will certainly see. And she's a motivator, a teacher, a strategist, a leader, a learner, writer, an advocate, and an adventurer. And I'm going to add to that list. Ashley is an excellent speaker and a wonderful friend. She and I met at a focus group for a project that she is currently working on. More to come on that later, not in this episode, so stay tuned to Ashley. But she is also a friend of Lively Conversations and Table 112. And I'm a Carry 117 enthusiast, so we're basically cheerleaders for one another. Uh, but she is awesome, and you're going to love what she has to say because it's going to make some sense of what's going on in your middle schooler's mind. So welcome to the table. We are so glad you're here. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I admire your work. I know you can explain it in a minute, but you work for Orange and you develop their middle school curriculum. And so I've always said that it takes a special kind of person to love middle schoolers. And I identify as a special person who (laughs) loves middle schoolers. But tell me, what do you love about the middle school phase? And tell us a little bit about the work that you do. Yeah. So as you said, I get to be part of um, this movement called Orange. Um, and specifically lead the middle school team, middle school resources for parents and small group leaders and church leaders and middle schoolers themselves. Um, And man, I'm so passionate about helping create resources that meet middle schoolers exactly where they are. I think middle schoolers are a very underestimated group. Mm -hmm. um, And I think that they have a lot of potential um, and they can do a lot more than people assume they can do, which is part of why I love working with them. Mm -hmm. Um, I love cheering them on. Duffy Robbins always says middle schoolers are drawn to the oldest person in the room who takes them serious. And I I love working with them and and really showing them that I I believe in them. They're hilarious one minute and deep the next minute and all over the place. And I know it's a a tumultuous time in the life of a kid. And I can't imagine parenting a middle schooler. Um, I'm not a parent of a middle schooler. And so I have a lot of empathy mm-hmm. for parents because I would say it's definitely a phase where parents are wondering what in the world is happening to my kid. What yes. happened? <laughs> like they were normal. What <laughs> happened? Totally. <laughs> so I just love, I love this age group and they're like sponges. They, they want a good role model and they're trying to figure out who they are and mm-hmm. who they want to be and what that looks like. And so, yeah, I love that. I love that too. 
So around here at Table 112, one of the things that we like to say is start with me. And that is this idea that um, as a parent, to be a better parent, we've got to unpack some of the things that are holding us back or the lies that we believe or um, or even just work to better ourselves. So what do you wish every parent of a middle schooler knew what was happening inside their middle schooler? Oh, so good. Well, it's probably been a while since you've been in middle school. And even if it wasn't that long ago, even if it was like for me, I'm 36 years old. And so I was in middle school, what, 22 years ago, uh-huh. which, wow, <laughs> wow. Um, it was a while ago, and it's very different now than it was when I was in middle school. And I was teaching in the public school system in middle school, uh, what was it, 10 years ago? And it's very different now than it was then as yeah. well. Okay. Um, and so I would say as much as you can take time to remember what was middle school like for you, I think that's important to empathize with your middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, but also keep in mind that it isn't exactly like what you experienced. Right, the world Thanks. has changed. Yeah, the world has changed. Access to information has changed drastically. And although um, it, when I say it's changed, I'm not saying that middle schoolers developmentally are changed because that's pretty much everybody goes through puberty and it's about that age. Right. And that's how it's always been. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's getting a little bit earlier. <laughs> um, but I'm, I think exposure is different and what they've been exposed to. And that is what changes them too and changes their experience. Absolutely. They're juggling more than they were. Oh, yeah. Totally. We middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Looks really different. But I guess to answer your question, Dana, that I wish parents of middle schoolers would remember um, would be just everything that's happening in the life of middle school. If there's one word I could use to describe it, it would be change. Okay. Or maybe contrast. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> one of those two words. Change or contrast. Um, but just physically, um, everything about them is changing. And I probably don't have to go into details about that because every parent listening is like, oh, yeah, they I've smell. <laughs> they look different. Yes. They've got hair under their armpits. And some of them care about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them care about it. And I can't get my kid to shower. Exactly. Um, <laughs> One extreme. Or the yeah. Other. We've got a spectrum here. Um, and mentally, I mean, the way that their brain is processing information is completely changing as they go through puberty. Um, literally doing a complete physical rewire of their brain. So the way they've thought, the things that you thought they understood, or the way that they've gone about things or thought about things is completely different um, as they kind of navigate middle school. So for parents listening, if your middle schoolers are always like forgetting something, you tell them seven times. Maybe half of the times they've just chosen to ignore you, but the other half you can blame it on the fact that their brain literally is rewiring, and so they literally may not remember. Okay. Um, but I mean, they are, their decision-making skills and, um, the impulsiveness and lack of thinking through the outcomes, um, all kind of stems back to their underdeveloped prefrontal cortex, which is right behind their forehead. Okay. Um, and I think, um, (laughs) that doesn't actually, according to brain science, isn't fully developed till 25. So you've got quite a journey ahead. (laughs) Be patient. Be patient. (laughs) We all were there at one point. We just don't remember that part right. because our brains are different now. <laughs> totally. But uh, and socially for middle schoolers, man, social wellness and health is so important. Um, you know, up until this point, most friendships are based on proximity, meaning uh, they're in their class, they're on their team, it's their parents, friends, kid, they're at their neighborhood, and they're almost forced to be friends with the people they're around. Um, and in middle school, although, you know, social media, as they gain access to social media, they actually have friends 
that they've never met in person mm. um, now. And they also um, start pushing against, like, friends that you want them to have yeah. um, because they, they feel more of a freedom to have a choice in that. And they want a choice in it. Okay. Where and does the, that come from? Well, you know, I was talking about the changes mentally, what's happening. Um, every time a middle schooler is, like, accepted or, by a group of friends or mm-hmm. by somebody, whether it's likes on Instagram mm-hmm. or it's I'm invited to the party or my friends just all laughed at the funny thing that I said, they right. get a rush of dopamine mm-hmm. um, in their brain. And that's like basically the happy chemical. Right. Um, and so they start to search for that more. Okay. And so specifically in this phase, you're going to see a lot of wanting to be accepted by people or scared to not be accepted by people. So you withdraw or isolate more. Yeah. Um, which brings me to just the emotions of middle schooler. Uh, um, totally. <laughs> I always use the illustration of like an artist's palette paint palette. I'm not an artist at all, but I love this analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, up until this point, uh, a kid has the primary colors of emotions. Maybe that's I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm happy. happy. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like pretty basic. Red, blue, white. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not white, yellow. <laughs> red, blue, yellow. Clearly we're not Neither artists in this room. <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, as they go through puberty, all of a sudden there's like new colors on that artist paint palette. And they don't have a name for them, mm. and they don't know how to describe them. They don't know how to control them. They don't know how to express them. Yeah. But these are new feelings that they're having, and that paint palette continues to grow. That's where the good old counselor's feelings wheel comes into play, which right. is why that's so helpful because it starts with, like, the primary emotions, mm-hmm. and then it builds out language for you to use to figure out what exactly am I feeling. That's great. We'll link to that in the show notes. Um, good old sure what that looks like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then spiritually, man, is there anything more abstract than spirituality? And as a middle schooler goes through puberty, they gain the ability to think abstractly. And with the ability to think abstractly, you are able to see your, you basically have more self-awareness. So you start to realize that there's something not beautiful about yourself. Mm. And which is really hard, but also like an amazing opportunity for parents to help speak life and love into them. Yeah. Um, And you also gain the ability to doubt, Mm. which sometimes scares parents to death. Yeah. Because it's like, oh my gosh, my middle schooler or my high schooler, why are they asking these questions? Yeah. Or why aren't they believing this anymore? Yeah. And it's so easy as parents. And I think, by the way, all of the things I'm saying are totally normal. So if you're sitting there going, oh good, my kid is not crazy. Your your (laughs) kid's not crazy. This is, they're just in middle school. Like that's just normal. Hang in there. Um, But you know, um, I love... What Kara Powell says, it's not that doubt is toxic to faith. It's unprocessed doubt. Yeah. And so the the ability to think and doubt is actually really good for their faith. Yeah, it helps if, develop it, doesn't it? It totally helps them develop it. If they never ask those questions, then it's not really a faith of their own. It's mm-hmm. it's a faith that you've passed to them, but they don't really know how to own it. Yeah. And so there's a ton going on in the life of a middle schooler. And, man, I, I can't imagine parenting one. So... Y'all are heroes. <laughs> it's a challenge and sometimes a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of parents tell me how afraid they are of their kids becoming teenagers, that there's this trepidation about who they're becoming or how they're going to get mm. them through that season. So how can a parent prepare himself or herself that, to be able to lead in that season very well? Oh, I love this question. Um, I would say, first off, it's really normal for parents to feel that mm. because 
what we've done as a culture is just told all our horror stories about middle school. <laughs> like, you think back to your, like, the most embarrassing moments that probably happened around middle school. Mm-hmm. You think back to, like, things that really hurt you or wounded you with friends or lies you started to believe. Like, when did that happen? It was probably your childhood first, but maybe your first actual memory with other people besides your family is mm-hmm. in middle school. But you also think back to, like, a time when someone believed in you. Mm-hmm. And really, like, spoke life and purpose into you. It was probably around the middle school age. Yeah. And so I think there's all this, like... And to be honest, middle schoolers can be really mean. Yes. They can be so <laughs> mean to each other. Yeah. And half of the time, they don't even realize how mean they're being. Oh, like, they yeah. are not aware of themselves enough. Because, like, when you think abstractly, it's not like, all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, I can see how this would hurt your feelings. Right. You know, I, I often describe it as a wimpy muscle that you gain access to. But the muscle has to be worked out in order to be used properly and used well. Mm-hmm. And so same thing goes with this abstract thinking of third-person perspective. How can I put myself in somebody else's shoes? Yeah. So I think parents have every right to be afraid of this phase because it there are some really scary parts. But I would say um, one of the best ways to prepare for it is um, I think to love your kid in that phase is so huge. And what I mean by that is you're going to have sometimes your middle schooler may be displaying a rush of um, intense emotion Mm -hmm. that you're like, literally, we are talking about a phone case right now and you are acting like... (laughs) your best friend just passed away or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the the amount of emotion that is shown about things as an adult, you're looking at it thinking, kid, there are way worse things going to happen in your life. Right. Like you need to calm down. I actually think as parents, as you, as you prepare to enter this phase is to like actually be in that moment with your kid. Mm-hmm. Because I think the way that you sh- respond to those emotions in that moment will either diffuse the situation Mm -hmm. um, and show them that you want to be with them, Mm -hmm. not go away and come back when you're put together. Okay. Because I think it, you know, it's the little things that show them you're a safe place. And maybe your modeling teaches that empathy muscle, like how to actually flex it. Yeah. So if your, you know, teenager is freaking out on you because... Mm -hmm you told them they're not allowed to go to that party Mm -hmm. that everybody else in their friend group is allowed to go to or they're not allowed to go see that movie or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I think meeting them in that emotion, like, hey, tell me more about why you're feeling that way. Oh, I'm so so sorry. You're going to have to be the only friend who misses it. That is so hard. Yeah. I know. You know? Yeah. And I know that's hard for parents because Mm -hmm. you can only have so much patience. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. But, I mean, your middle schooler, as much as they act like they don't need you anymore, they need you more. They just need you in a different way. And I think they need you more in a coach role Mm -hmm. than a teacher role. Yeah. Um, And instead of telling them what to do, coach them through what they're feeling and experiencing. And that that comes with technology and friendships and decision making and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we need to see ourselves a little bit differently. One of the other things that we like to talk about around here is partnering and community. Just from the parents' perspective, how important it is for us to be able to look into one another's eyes and tell each other our stories and just know that we've got somebody in our corner. So in your experience in working with middle schoolers, both in public school and in ministry, you've been involved in a lot of kids' lives. So from what you've observed, what advice would you give a parent about community and their family in this phase? Mm. 
Oh, man. Um, I guess I would say inwardly for the family. Um, According to research, as soon as your kid enters high school and definitely by the time they get their driver's license, you're going to have a lot less time with them. Absolutely. That's Um, so true. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say be safe while (laughs) they still need you to drive them to practice or to their friend's house, as annoying as it can be to be the taxi driver Mm -hmm. and as frustrating as it can be to have to pick up the three friends on the way to the event and then have to pick it up, drop them all off, you know, like that whole thing. Um, I would say inwardly as a as a family, like embrace that time and continue to make family time as much as possible. It doesn't have to look the same. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be always around a table and it's five hours at a time. But when you have five minutes at a time together, mm-hmm. how do you make the best of that? Right. And how do you embrace those seasons and allow them to have the freedom that they're asking for in a way that you're still valuing family time, mm-hmm. but you're also v- valuing the idea that they are trying to get some autonomy in that. Okay. Um, and I would say outwardly, like, parents, it's a hard phase. You, you can't do this alone. That's why I love what you're doing on this podcast so much. Like, I would imagine there are a lot of parents listening who feel really lonely in this mm-hmm. and who are struggling. And to know that they're not alone, this isn't abnormal, they're not failing as a parent, this is just middle school, Right. I think is really beneficial. Yeah. And I think whether it's families who are – in a in your church families who are on your kids sports team families in your neighborhood um i would encourage you to make time for those relationships and get to know the families of the kids that your kid is choosing to be friends with um i think that's a really important thing as well definitely because then you have other people in your circle when life is good and when when life goes um south So it's good. I think that's um, excellent advice. Yeah. And I'd say also um, the other adults in your kid's life, um, I would say invest in them. So whether it's your kid's favorite teacher Mm -hmm. or your kid's coach or your kid's small group leader or, you know, somebody they look up to, a role model, Mm -hmm. um, how can you as a parent invest in them? Because your kid's going to push you away naturally and that other person sometimes fills the gap between you and your kid mm-hmm. when you feel it. And so how can you invest in them so that they will keep investing in your kid? Yeah. And it can be simple. It can be words. It can be coffee. Yeah. It can be a bigger gift if you can do that. But, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And, like, I mean, parenting is a really thankless job, and so is working with teenagers, <laughs> you know, in any capacity. Because usually you don't see the fruit for years to come. Right. And just like you as a parent love it when somebody says something great about your kid and notices something amazing and you're like, oh, good, there's something good. Because right now all I can think about is how mad I am at them, you know. Um, But the same thing's true for people who are volunteering their time Mm -hmm. to invest in your kid is sometimes they don't know if they're making a difference. And so just like you need to hear it, they need to hear it as well. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so the last thing that we often say around here is how important it is to engage our kids with intention. And that's a big part of why we do the Live, Lively Conversations mm-hmm. podcast is to set you listeners up to be able to have great dialogue with your kids about happy things and hard things and everything in between. So what are some specific ways that we should be engaging our middle schoolers when it comes to technology? Oh, this is hard because I know not all middle schoolers have 
access right. to technology. Um, so maybe starting there then. Yeah. It's not a given. It's not a it's, requirement. It's not a requirement. I understand parents' hesitation. I understand, you know, wanting controls of what apps they have access to, what social media accounts they have access to. Um, and I, I understand that and I value that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's wise. Um, but I would say it's difficult because just like not every kid is ready to drive a car by themselves at 16, mm-hmm. not every kid is ready to have freedom on their smartphone at 13 or 11 mm-hmm. or 14 or whatever age it is that your family has decided. And so I think knowing your kid when it comes to technology mm-hmm. um, and helping coach them in wise choices like also the expectation of they're going to make some really bad choices when it comes to technology that is going to happen Mm -hmm. because of their brain is they're not thinking about the outcome of everything they're not thinking about the consequences of everything they're impulsive and um i think having that expectation so as a parent knowing how you're going to respond in those moments that's good um and how you can coach them rather than squash them. Mm. And I, I I can imagine that's really difficult from the parent's perspective. Yeah. Um, because you want to protect your kid. Right. Like you want them to make good choices. You don't want them to be exposed to things. But you also don't want them to be like the weird kid that has no access to anything. Right. You know. And so that is, especially in the middle school phase, a difficult line to walk. But you know your kid best mm-hmm. as the parent. And you know what they might be ready for and what they might need a little bit of coaching on ahead of time. But I think setting some of those expectations up ahead, like before you even give them a phone, before you even give them access to a social channel. And not necessarily, these are, it's not that you shouldn't say rules, but here's why. Mm -hmm. Help them understand the why. Right, the why behind the boundary. Yeah, Yeah. the why behind the boundary and what happens if you cross that boundary. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing and talk about it ahead of time. Yeah. So even recognizing that as adults, we have our own boundaries with our phones. Maybe our phone is given to us by our work or something Mm -hmm. like that. And there's some limitations on that. And so even acknowledging like, this isn't just because you're a kid, this is part of the real world and adult life is, you know, nothing, uh, nothing that's on your phone is really truly private. Right. Just being aware of all of that is helpful. So what should we be talking to them about or how should we be engaging them when it comes to sexuality well i think that's this is a really hard phase to start that conversation Mm, it should already be established yeah yeah so it it, if you haven't already been talking about it that's a difficult phase to start bringing it up it doesn't mean you shouldn't it's just going to be more challenging because it's not as normal to talk about with your family then yeah um, so if you're listening and you're like, I don't think my kid's ready to have that conversation yet, great, but have conversations about sexuality. Like um, here at Orange, we have um, the parent phase maps, and we talk about how do you have conversations about sexuality from preschool through high school and how do those conversations change. Uh, maybe you can link to that in the show notes, Dana. Um, but just I would say um, – know what's going on and one of the best ways you can find out what's going on is drive them and their friends around <laughs> literally <laughs> and drive be quiet. yeah just be quiet and <laughs> yeah. listen um that was one of actually the things i feel like my parents did really well raising me when i think back to middle school is they knew 
that I would want to be with friends all the time in middle school with all my siblings. I was one of four. So they, like, made the whole basement this cool hangout place because mm-hmm. they knew our friends were all going to want to hang out somewhere. So they wanted to be the house that everyone wanted to come to yes. so that they had more control of that. Yeah. And so they would give us our privacy and our space to all hang out, but they also gave us a space to hang out in that was safe, mm-hmm. which was was really neat. And they were willing to drive us around. And I'm sure conversations came up. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of hear some of the stuff that's going on. Right. But I think continuous conversation. I think also the way you respond to things is telling them if you're safe to talk to about it or not, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really challenging for parents because there's no cookie-cutter answer. Yeah. Um, but be talking about it. Yeah. And know that, and also know that they may talk to another adult in their life about it, and that's not a bad thing. Right. I think that's important for parents to understand in this phase is that's why you want more more adults in their life. Because if they don't feel comfortable talking to you, they're going to talk to somebody about it. So what should we be doing when it comes to engaging our kids when it comes to their health? Oh, such a good question. Um, I would say model mm-hmm. for them. Um, be very cautious about commenting on their bodies mm-hmm. because they're already aware that they're changing. Yeah. They're already aware they're growing. They're already aware they're gaining weight. They're already self-conscious about it. Um, and I think sometimes parents project their fears on a kid's body. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, make sure you're watching your calorie intake or you're not exercising enough. And although that's all good stuff, just be cautious about how often you're commenting on their body. Okay. Um, and I would say, you know, for physical activity and exercise, again, that starts earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, it shouldn't just start when their body's changing, (laughs) but, um, I would say one important thing is encouraging lifelong activities. It's not just, um, exercise as much as this active lifestyle. So for me growing up, Uh, a lot of my attention went to things like soccer and basketball, Mm -hmm. right? Which is all great. Except when you get to an age where your body no longer can play soccer or basketball because your ligaments aren't attached anymore, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So what is something that they're interested in that you can cheer on Uh that they can actually do long-term? Right. That would be more of an active lifestyle kind of thing. Um, So whether that's golf or hiking hiking or something that they can do long beyond the years of competition yeah that's good is is huge and then lastly what can we be doing to engage our kids when it comes to matters of faith Mm, um i would say to every parent of a middle schooler give them opportunities to ask questions Mm -hmm. um and not just to you but also learn about faith whether that's through a church or that's through somebody that they see as spiritual, Mm -hmm. um, surround them by adults who are pursuing a faith and kids their age who are pursuing a faith, show them you're on a journey too. Yeah. That's like one of the most powerful things is if they think you've already got it figured out and you act like you've already got it figured out, then it's scarier to ask somebody questions. But when they see like there are things you don't know too, and you're still learning and you're still pursuing, I think it feels safer for them. Um, and so I think don't get scared by their questions, encourage questions, have conversations about it, research things together, experience things together. Yeah. Sounds, that's awesome. Good advice. Yeah. And get them 
Yeah, just exploring because faith is a journey. So, um, Okay, Ashley, because the show is Lively Conversations, it can be silly, it can be serious, it can be whatever. What is something that's filling you with life right now? <sighs> Frozen 2. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you seen it? <laughs> Only twice so far, but I went and saw Frozen 1 six times in theaters and two of those six times was like the sing-along where they have like lyrics to the <laughs> the songs on the screen Ashley so. is a little bit known for her singing oh, so thank you, yes. thank you. <laughs> if, if there's anything I want to be known for is that um but no I just I'm I'm fascinated by how Disney can capture the imagination of an adult and a two-year-old at mm-hmm. the same time mm-hmm. um and so I'm constantly like not just enthralled with the movie, but also like how they do it and how they add depth in areas where it doesn't distract from the enjoyment of it. Mm. Um, and so I would say right now that's giving me life because it's the, the album I'm listening to of choice. <laughs> and um, I will definitely be watching it in theaters more before oh, it comes out on awesome. DVD. Or and can't wait Netflix. for this sing along. Not Netflix. I just said Netflix. It's not on Netflix anymore. Probably Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yes, Disney Plus. Excuse me. <laughs> Ashley, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you so much for all the insight that you've provided to us through a roller coaster part of parenting. <laughs> oh my gosh. When you're with middle schoolers. And so I just appreciate the insight that you've given us and the work that you're doing. Livelies, wasn't she just so amazing and full of wisdom and information about what our kids are going through in the middle school years? Man, I just feel like we are swimming in the deep end now with the knowledge that we have about what they're going through developmentally as they grow and change uh, and mature. So I asked Ashley after we stopped recording how you could reach out to her. And she said, please send them to my social media and let them know that they are free to DM me. So you can find her at Ashley Marie Bohintz. That's B-O-H-I-N-C. And you can find her on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And you can also check out her website, which is ashleybohintz.com. Thank you so much for listening. I know that you're going to step away more confident to parent your middle schooler in the coming weeks and months. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time at the table. Parents, you're awesome. Don't give up. Thanks for having me.